podcast where members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints share their authentic stories of struggle and triumph on their journey of discipleship and just why they are choosing faith in the restored Church of Jesus Christ. Hello, friends. Thanks for being with me today. We are going to start off with a movie quote from a classic, the movie Princess Bride. The line goes, life is pain. Anyone who says differently is selling something. I think there's a lot of truth in that statement. Of course, there are many beautiful things about life, but so much of our existence is laced with painful experience. But why is that the case? And how is your pain influencing the course of your life and your relationship with God? So today I want to talk about pain. How will I define pain? Well, anything that causes discomfort in your life, basically. From the minor discomforts like doing poorly on a test, being cut off on the freeway, being snapped by a person at work, to the big heart-wrenching, tear-jerking, soul-stretching discomfort like going through a divorce or losing a loved one, enduring disability, or going through a faith crisis. Now, what would inspire an episode on such an apparently dreary topic? Well, to start, my pain. Here's a little backstory on my pain. When I was in junior high, I started having these Occasional instances where something in my back would go out of alignment, which caused some pain and it occasionally made it almost impossible to walk. Later on in high school, I was in just a minor water skiing accident, and it was at that point that I started going to the chiropractor. Now, fast forward to my early 20s, I started getting chronic headaches along with some pretty debilitating digestive issues, and fatigue. These things were exasperated by pregnancy, so much so that through each of my four pregnancies, I felt barely functional. I was going to the chiropractor twice a week through the duration of my pregnancy, and for many months postpartum, I was still going to the chiropractor. Now, in the last six months, I've been faced with a new challenge, which after a multitude of tests that have come back negative, I still don't have answers and the pain persists. Point is, I am well acquainted with physical pain. I am, however, grateful that it hasn't been completely debilitating. I'm still able to function at a pretty high level most of the time. Here's a different type of pain I experienced recently. I just finished performing in a musical uh, with a community theater. I don't have a vast background in musical theater, so this really stretched me and got me out of my comfort zone. Well, during a few of my performances, when singing my short solo parts, I was just a secondary character, my voice cracked. I started feeling this intense anxiety and fear that my voice would crack going into every performance thereafter. And there were 29 performances over a period of five weeks, so there were plenty of opportunities to screw up. The fear of cracking was stressing me out, taking the joy out of performing and really weighing me down. I felt very deficient as a singer and performer. 
Now, my rational mind told me it wasn't that big of a deal. But anxiety and fear often don't listen to reason, right? It was really burdening me, and I felt like I was just trapped under this mountain of shame. My long-term physical pain and my short-term experience with my latest emotional strain are two examples of the pain that has been present in my life. Now, before we resolve any of this aforementioned pain, and I go into the growth and learning that's resulted from my pain, let's talk about your pain. I want you to take a moment to pause and consider what's painful in your life currently. From the big gaping wounds, you know, metaphorically speaking, to the more minor discomforts. Do you suffer from emotional or mental pain? Perhaps you have depression, anxiety, or you've been diagnosed with a mental illness. Are you living in a toxic relationship where there's constant contention? Perhaps the possibility of divorce is looming, or you have a child whose behavior is making life hell on earth. Perhaps you struggle with chronic physical pain. Getting out of bed is a feat every morning. The pain is your constant companion, making day-to-day tasks almost impossible sometimes. Maybe you're under the heavy burden of an addiction, or you are the loved one of someone who suffers from addiction. Do you feel like you're in a constant state of overwhelm, or perhaps you feel unworthy, overlooked, or deficient? Maybe you are questioning your beliefs and feeling lost and disoriented, wondering if there really is a God or the Church of Jesus Christ is really true. Whatever pain you're experiencing, I want you to consider this question. What am I doing with my pain? Or in other words, how am I responding to my pain? I know from my own pain that I've responded differently over the years. I've asked you know, why me from time to time, frustrated that I, you know, I take care of myself, I exercise, my diet's pretty good, I keep the word of wisdom for heaven's sakes, but I still feel lousy a lot of the time, and it's easy to go to the, that's not fair place, right? I've looked for a diagnosis, a cure, and when there haven't been immediate or clear solutions, I've grumbled a lot sometimes and felt very frustrated. I've gone through periods of complacency, feeling like there was nothing that could be done to actively trying to fix my pain. And sometimes the harder I would try to fix the problem without the desired results, the more discouraged I'd get. Now, hopefully you have identified your pain. Ask yourself, how have I dealt with my pain historically and how am I dealing with it at present? Are you trying to numb or mask the pain, possibly? Do you turn to substances or behaviors that will distract you from the discomfort? Food, pills, porn, Facebook, Instagram, gaming? Do you find yourself asking why you have to suffer? You may resort to feeling like a victim, like there's nothing that can be done to relieve that pain. Are you trying to fix the pain all by yourself, avoiding bringing God into that healing process or asking others for support? Perhaps you feel God has forgotten you and that the heavens are closed. Or are you choosing an alternative response? I have been told that you must feel to heal. 
Are you facing the pain, leaning into it and bringing God into that space? Ultimately, are you able to find purpose in your pain? As I've begun doing this more and bringing God into my pain more quickly, I'm learning to trust God and believe in his ability to sustain me. I'm recognizing that there is a purifying power in the pain that I suffer, and it's helping me develop a deeper level of compassion and empathy so I can better succor others in their pain. I'm realizing I can't develop this deep compassion and empathy in any other way. When everything is ease and comfort, what is our motivation to reach out to God? Often, it's not until pain compels us that we do. And ironically, that is why so often it is in our pain, in our extremity, that we finally see and experience the breadth and the depth of the love of God, which was there all the time, but we were too preoccupied with other things to experience that love on a deep level. As my mom has said to me more times than I can count, and sometimes I don't like to hear it, pain is the pathway to progress. It's a hard truth. But if we can come to internalize that, we will recognize purpose in our pain, which will inevitably lessen the struggle. When we continually ask, why me, and complain, it adds another level of hurt to our suffering. Discomfort in our lives, in the many forms it may manifest itself, can drive us to our knees, jostle us out of our mortal routines that often cause us to become complacent and stagnant. Pain really compels us to reflect, adapt, make changes, and seek solutions. It can cause us to look to God. But so often we just don't do this. In fact, we do the opposite. A well-known story from the Old Testament comes to mind to illustrate. This is found in Numbers 21. The children of Israel are wandering in the wilderness. And after complaining against the Lord again, God sends a plague of fiery serpents, which, as it says, bit the people and much of the people of Israel died. The people then go to Moses and ask that he pray to the Lord. And they ask specifically to take away the serpents from us, which Moses does. But in response, the Lord told Moses to make a brass serpent, put it on a pole and direct those who had been bitten to look and they would live. What I find interesting about this is that the Lord, in typical fashion, didn't remove the source of the pain. He didn't just obliterate the snakes, but he provided a way for them to be healed if they would simply follow the prophet's counsel and look at the brass serpent. Now, this may seem completely foolish, like, come on, people, all you have to do is just look and you'll be healed. But I know if I'm brutally honest with myself, I have done this in my own life many times when I've been in pain, and I've failed to look to the Lord. Here's another story that exemplifies the different ways we can respond to pain. This is found in Alma 62:41. So the Nephites have been living in a war zone for years, and the war is now over. But let's compare the difference in the people's response to this painful experience. It says, But behold, because of the exceedingly great length of the war between the Nephites and the Lamanites, many had become hardened because of the exceedingly great length of the war. And many were softened because of their afflictions, insomuch that they did humble themselves before God, even in the depth of humility. So some were hardened 
and in contrast, some were softened. I can't help but ask myself, have I been hardened or softened by my trials? In the winter 2020 edition of the BYU magazine, there was a great article taken from a BYU forum address given by David Brooks, who's a well-known New York Times columnist. He tells the story of a woman who suffered a tragic loss and learned to use her suffering well for a purpose. Her name is Sarah Atkins. He shares that one Sunday evening she came home to the extreme horror of finding her husband slumped over and her children dead. He had killed their kids and himself. I can't even fathom the pain of such a loss, but instead of turning bitter and turning inward, Sarah now lives life in pure service, helping women who have suffered from violence. As Mr. Brooks said, she has suffered unimaginably, and yet she lives with a bright sadness, a selfless love that she gives out. Mr. Brooks explains that we all have moments of suffering, but we can either be broken by these moments, or we can be broken open by them. Pain has that potential to make us more open, more authentic, more vulnerable. That humility puts us in a position to better connect with God and with those around us. So what will I do with my pain? Every time I feel discomfort, it's a reminder that I have a choice to make. Will I try and mask the discomfort with behaviors that will numb the pain? Will I spend my time worrying or murmuring about my pain? Or will I try to find purpose in my pain? Choose to feel, allow it to soften me and break me open, creating space for God to shine light and healing into that wound and make me a better instrument to help others in their pain. We often pray for the cure, for the miracle. But just as was the case with the Israelites, more often than not, God will not remove the source of our pain, but he will bless us with the ability to bear our burdens. This has been my experience time and time again. We also read about this over and over in the scriptures. In Mosiah 24, we read about the people of Alma who came under bondage by the wicked priest Amulon, who was Alma's former compadre in King Noah's court. So starting in Mosiah 24:11, it says, And Amulon commanded them that they should stop their cries, and he put guards over them to watch them, that whosoever should be found calling upon God should be put to death. And Alma and his people did not raise their voices to the Lord their God, but did pour out their hearts to him, and he did know the thoughts of their hearts. And it came to pass that the voice of the Lord came to them in their affliction, saying, Lift up your heads and be of good comfort, for I know of the covenant which ye have made unto me, and I will covenant with my people and deliver them out of bondage. And I will also ease the burdens which are put upon your shoulders, that even you cannot feel them upon your backs, even while you are in bondage. And this will I do, that ye may stand as witnesses for me hereafter, and that ye may know of a surety that I, the Lord God, do visit my people in their afflictions. Let's emphasize that last sentence, which is, The Lord did this so that hereafter they could be witnesses of the fact that God not only visits us in our afflictions, but can help us endure them. Even so much that it says that in the following verse, the people did submit cheerfully and with patience to all the will of the Lord. I dare say that's even more miraculous than the Lord simply providing an immediate fix to their problem. Because moving forward, they could trust that no matter what obstacles might lie ahead, the Lord could bring them through. 
When I started to feel that shame building when I was in that musical, I shared with my husband my embarrassment and my shame. I talked with a friend in the cast about it also. But it wasn't until I brought it to God and shared my pain that the heaviness and anxiety started to lift. I don't know why that's not my first instinct, but I find the faster I get on my knees, pour out my heart, the faster I'm able to find peace. What does bringing our pain to God look like? I recently read this response from a woman on a Facebook thread. See, you can learn stuff on Facebook. And I think it's very applicable here. She said, I'd suffered from chronic migraine-like headaches for over two years, eventually giving up my job as a teacher because of them. For that entire time, I never stopped praying. But many of my prayers felt like ceiling bouncers, pleas that went up only to the ceiling. Until one evening, I had a thought, a thought I'd been avoiding and didn't want to think, let alone pray. After an entire prayer of pleading to feel better, find some relief, or even a cure, the thought came, but if not, help me endure this well. I wanted to take it back. That's not what I really wanted. But the moment it was formed in my mind, I felt flooded with love. I felt heard. I felt understood. And I understood that God had heard all of my prayers. He'd just been waiting for me to ask for what his will was for me. Close quote. I believe that when we go to the Lord, pour out our hearts and are willing to surrender our will to his, that is really when he can do his greatest work. Understanding that in this mortal sojourn, we will experience opposition in all things throughout our lives, I find it less and less helpful to pray for a cure, an immediate or easy fix, because inevitably, when one problem resolves, another one replaces it, right? While I still believe God can and does work those types of miracles, I'm coming to understand that it is in the pain that I become the malleable clay that God needs me to become to best shape and form me into the woman, the mother, the wife, the friend, the disciple of Christ he needs me to be. And it is in becoming like him that I believe I will find a fullness of joy. So like it says in The Princess Bride, life is pain. And no one likes pain, but I trust that his ways are higher than mine. And I suspect one day I will be grateful for all the trials I passed through that made me fit for his kingdom. To conclude, I wanted to do something super vulnerable (laughs) and play and sing a favorite song for you that may better express all that I've been trying to say. We have a little plaque that says, Where words fail, music speaks. That was Hans Christian Andersen that said that. I believe that is often true. This song is titled Blessings. It's written by a woman named Lara Story, a Christian artist. As you listen to this home recording, I recorded this on my phone by myself while my kids were at school. So thanks in advance for your patience with the sound quality. But my favorite line is, what if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? As you listen, focus on the lyrics. It is my testimony and experience that this is true. Thanks for being with me today, friends.
skies Thanks for listening to this episode of the Still Rowing Podcast. The views expressed here are not necessarily the views of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, nor is this podcast affiliated with the church. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to receive updates on future episodes. You can submit comments or questions at stillrowing.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening.